My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in St. Petersburg, Russia, in the music room of the Yusupov Palace. Before the revolution of 1917, Nikolai Yusupov had a magnificent collection of rare musical instruments, and the majority of them were housed in this room today. This is the only original piece that remains. It may not look like it, but this really is an organ from the original collection. In that collection, there was also a Stradivarius and all kinds of rare violins. But after the revolution, they were all nationalized, and those instruments were taken to the museum for musical instruments. But in this room, there were concerts all the time. And you can see that today they still do concerts in this room. People come here to hear the finest music. But hey, when you read Psalm 22, verse 3, it tells us that God sits enthroned on the praises of his people, which means God likes good music too. And when we worship God from our hearts and give him our best, Psalm 22, verse 3 says, God sits enthroned on the praises of his people, which means a really good worship service attracts the presence of God. And when the presence of God comes, that glory is heavy with everything good to meet the need of everyone in the place. That's what happens when people really worship God. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad that you've let me come into your space. And today, it's not just me. I'm here today with Denise. Honey, welcome to the program. Well, Rick, thank you for having me on your program, and I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about. Well, today we're going to talk about worship, and I wanted you to be here because you are such a worshiper. But we're offering a brand new series, which is called Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. Steps to Enter God's Powerful Presence in Personal Worship. Worship. This series is just so rich. It comes in five parts and in multiple formats. If you want to bring the presence of God right into your situation, then you need to hear this series because when you worship God, the presence of God comes. Worship forms a channel or a conduit, and the presence of God flows into your situation and shifts the atmosphere. And all of that is in this brand new series, which comes with a study guide. And guess what, Denise, today for the first time ever, we're offering a book by Philip Renner. Oh. And it's a good book. I've read that book from the cover to the back of it. Well, so did I because <laughs> Philip asked me to read it before he printed it. Our son is a worship leader, travels around the world. He right now is stationed in the United States, but the book is called Worship Without Limits. That already sounds inviting, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it's powerful. And the subtitle says, The Place of Supernatural Access to God's Presence and 
power. And if you want to access the power of God, then you need to know what Worship Without Limits is. And you can order this by going to our website or by giving us a call. And today we're also offering you my book, which is called A Life Ablaze. And one chapter in this book is about powerful anointed worship and what it does for you. Worship is so powerful. And today we're giving you this book for free today only. So go online or give us a call right now so that you can get your copy of A Life Ablaze. And please remember that when you become a partner and a partner is anyone who regularly financially gives into our ministry to help us take this teaching to people all over the planet. And my friends, please remember there's somebody out there that doesn't have available to them what you have available to you. Many people are crying out. They're saying, God, please send me somebody with teaching that I can trust. And that's our job. But Denise and I can't do it by ourselves, so our partners help us. Would you please become a partner with our ministry by giving into our ministry? And the moment you do that, we're going to send you my book, which is called Life in the Combat Zone. And the reason we send this book, Denise, is because it's dedicated to partners. And we send Denise's book. And look, it may look small, but this is really a powerful book. In fact, I just heard a testimony about somebody whose life was changed through this book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And we believe these two books are so important that we want every person who becomes a partner with our ministry to have a copy of these books. So we give them to every person who joins our our partner family. And please remember that we want to pray for you. Denise, we really believe in prayer in our ministry. Absolutely. And the people who are on our team, they are fierce, prayerful people. I mean, when you reach out to our ministry, you can be sure heaven is going to be bombarded on your behalf. And if you need somebody to pray with you, reach out to us by giving us a call or send us an email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to begin to pray on your behalf. But Denise, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, reach for your Bible. And today we're going to be covering a lot of material. In fact, this entire week you need your Bible. But today we're going to talk about God's powerful presence in personal worship. And we're going to see that when worship takes place, it forms a conduit or it forms a channel through which the presence of God comes. And when that presence comes, it shifts the atmosphere. It unlocks revelation. In fact, Denise, I would have to tell you that most of the books that I have written, the ideas for those books have come while I'm in a worship service or while I'm praying in tongues. That's because when you're worshiping or you're singing in tongues, it shifts the atmosphere. You're able to see things that you couldn't see. You're able to hear things that previously you couldn't hear. It brings deliverance to the oppressed. Many times during worship, people are healed in their bodies. But I want to tell you about my first experience with genuine worship. But first of all, Denise and I grew up in the same denomination. And in the denomination that we grew up in, which was wonderful, and I'm so thankful that I grew up in that denomination because, Denise, they really taught us the Bible. They taught us a respect for spiritual authority. But for me personally, I didn't understand worship. For example, in our service, we didn't have a worship service. We had a song service. We didn't have a praise and worship ministry. We had a music program. It was all about music. And by the way, the music was off the charts. We had all kinds of choirs, youth choirs, children's choirs. And Denise, 
I was in choir from the time that I can remember. How about you? I was in the choir for sure. I was a sunbeam. Uh, Jesus wants me to be a sunbeam. Remember that song? I do, Denise. <laughs> and I'm very grateful for the music program that we had in our church. People were learned to sing solos. People learned to play different instruments. But I never experienced worship until I attended a Catherine Kuhlman meeting. And I joined the choir not because I wanted to be a part of the choir, but because somebody told me that when you have a seat in the choir, you're closer to the stage and you can see the action take place right in front of you. Well, I'd never been to a Catherine Coleman meeting before, but I joined the choir and we went to all the choir rehearsals, which were held at First Methodist Church downtown Tulsa. And finally, the day came for the big Catherine Coleman miracle service, which was held on the campus of Oral Roberts University. And I got there and took my place in my seat, in the big, big, I mean massive choir, and watched as the doors opened and people began flooding that auditorium. Honey, I was stunned. I mean, racing in to try to get a seat. And then they began to bring in all the people in wheelchairs and stretchers and people who came with doctors and nurses that were critically, critically ill. I'd never seen so many sick people gathered together in one place. And then we began to sing songs. But then a moment came when we stopped just singing hymns and the entire crowd began to sing the old song, Alleluia, Alleluia. And Denise, something happened. First of all, I'd never heard that many people sing that song, but they weren't just singing a song. It's like worship swept across that massive auditorium and it lifted me to a place that I had never been in my life. And it's interesting that about that moment, Catherine Kuhlman came on stage, and that's when the miracles begin to take place. She was so smart. She knew that you make the entrance when the presence of God has come, and she didn't come on stage until first a conduit had been formed for the presence of God to invade the auditorium. And when people began singing, Alleluia, honey, I felt like it just lifted me to some place I'd never been in my life. I didn't even know I could be in such a place. And it was the first time I had ever experienced worship. And it literally shifted the atmosphere. The second time I experienced worship was when I attended a little Bible study in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, where I grew up in the home of a dentist, a wonderful spirit-filled family. They're still my friends to this day. And as I was sitting there, feeling so awkward because I was in a spirit-filled environment and I hadn't been in many environments like that, suddenly everyone in the room joined hands and they began to sing in tongues. Do you remember the first time you heard singing in tongues? Honey, I think it's the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. I felt like we had joined the realm of angels it's like the spirit realm opened and suddenly God's presence filled that room. That was my first real encounter with worship in Catherine Coleman's meeting and in that little Bible study in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. What was your first experience with worship? Rick, my first experience with worship that I remember, we were in a little church. I think there were 18 people there that night. And nobody cared about, you know, what you looked like or what we sounded like or how great your instrument was or how skinny or fat you were. Nobody cared about any of that. And this worship leader, I remember she was a little bit overweight, 
but she poured her heart out to Jesus. And I remember I was on the front row and it wasn't long until I was on my face. And what I experienced on the floor there, I'd never experienced ever before in my life. Isn't that something? And it was as if I was touching eternity. Maybe you're saying, what does that mean? Well, I can't explain it very well, but I know that's where we, we're going. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus in that realm, in that place of glory. And that's where I was on that floor. It was more than a song service. Oh, it was a worship service. Well, sweetheart, when you look at the Old Testament, all the way back to Second Chronicles chapter 5, you find that when worship occurred in the temple, it formed a channel for the presence of God to come into that place. And when that presence came, it so charged the atmosphere and the presence of God became so heavy that we're told that the priests could not stand to minister. They collapsed under the weight of God's glory. And this agrees with Psalm chapter 22, verse 3, which says that God sits enthroned on the praises of his people. God is attracted to worship just like metal is attracted to a magnet. But here's what's amazing. I want to read some statistics to you. George Barna, who is the founder of the Barna Research Group, a marketing research firm that specializes in religious beliefs, especially in America, has stated that when asked to define what worship means, now listen to this, two out of three Christian adults, Christian adults are unable to offer an appropriate definition or description of worship. And worship, honestly, is kind of hard to define because you experience worship. But then he added that a common obstacle to facilitating real worship is that the church's leaders do not understand what worship is and isn't. It's like when we were growing up, we didn't know what worship was. We just had a song service. If we had been asked to dis to produce what we're talking about, we couldn't have done it because we didn't know anything. We had never touched that realm. Mm -hmm. Then he added, despite seminary education and denominational guidance, shockingly high numbers of church leaders have no real understanding or philosophy of worship. And then he added, among adults who regularly attend church services, one half admit they haven't experienced God's presence at any time during the past year. And remember, this is not among the Easter and Christmas only church attenders. The people who attended an average of more than two dozen worship services last year, and they never experienced the presence of God, which means worship did not occur. They just had a song service. Then he finally added, for most, worship is to satisfy or to please people, not to honor or to please God. This is what the statistics show after he did his research. And amazingly, few worship service regular attenders argue that worship is something they do primarily for God. A substantially larger percentage of attendees claim that attending worship service is something they do for personal benefit and for personal pleasure. But it's not for us. Worship is for God. And when you form that conduit, God comes. God comes. And author 
And Pastor David Jeremiah has said, if you don't worship, you'll never experience God. And Denise, on many levels, that's really the truth. But what is worship and what is not worship? Well, first of all, worship is not about music. Now, music helps, but you don't have to have music to worship. You can worship by yourself sitting in your living room. When I went to that little Bible study in Sand Springs, there was no music at all. We just began to sing in tongues and it took us into a place of amazing worship. But it's not just about music. And I'll give you an example. Denise and I live in Moscow, Russia. Aren't we grateful we live in Moscow, Denise? And right in the very heart of Moscow is the world-renowned Bolshoi Theater. And because Denise is trained operatically from time to time, she and I attend events at the Bolshoi Theater where you see the finest ballet on the planet. You hear the best opera that can be heard, and the orchestra pit is filled with the best players that exist in the world. That's just the Bolshoi Theater. And when you sit in your chair in the Bolshoi Theater, first of all, it's such an honor to be there because it's such a prestigious place. But to say that it leaves you speechless would be an understatement. In fact, often I'm sitting next to Denise and someone will begin to sing an aria and Denise will reach over and begin squeezing my leg so hard. She's so excited and so intense. I'll think, please quit squeezing my leg. But she's so blessed by what she's hearing. Or the chorus begins to sing or suddenly dancers come on stage and there's nothing like watching Russian ballet. I mean, the men can leap like nobody else in the world. But you know what, Denise? As good as the music is, as good as the instrumentalists and the dancers are, it doesn't bring the presence of God. The Bolshoi Theater, which I love, is a cathedral to human achievement. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of churches have become. They have the very best songs. In fact, their songs are nearly choreographed. Every movement has been planned. And by the way, we need to be the best we can be because we're serving the Lord. We need to play the best we can, do the best we can. All of that is required. But if all you're giving is your fingers, your head, your voice, and your talent, it is not worship. It's just really good music. But music by itself does not bring the presence of God. It can assist. But to really be worship, it has to involve the heart. True worship comes from the heart. And when people worship from their heart, it literally attracts the presence of God and everything shifts and everything supernaturally changes. And Jesus referred to this in John chapter 4, verses 23 to 24. So let's look at it. Jesus said, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But Denise, when you look at that verse, the word worship or worshiper all comes from the same Greek word, the word proskuneo. It is mentioned five times in two verses. I believe Jesus is making a point. And that word worship or worshiper from the Greek word proskuneo comes from the word pros, which means to draw as near as you can. So it's not just singing a song, you're drawing near. And the word kuneo is a Greek word which means to kiss or to blow kisses. 
And when you compound the two words together, listen to what it means. The word worship, the Greek word proskaneo, means to draw near in order to blow a kiss towards someone. And it pictures one who is drawn near to the Lord and with his heart, with his spirit, with his entire being, he is being intimate with God. Now, we grew up singing songs like, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Amen. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. We could have worshipped with that song. But, Denise, I wasn't looking at the words. I was looking at the notes. I wanted to hit every note just right because we had a music program in our church. I missed those words. Honey, how did we miss those words? We weren't thinking about them. Honey, you can get saved singing those songs. We were singing from our heads, and we were missing the revelation in those hymns. You know, Rick, worship is not about music. It's about a person. It's about the person that you adore, the person who saved you, the person who you have a relationship with. It's all about Him. And when you make it all about Him, then He, he comes with His mighty presence and, and He brings to you, well, He brings to you what you need, which is Him. But can I share just one tiny oh, little do, verse? Please. It says, this is in Psalm 63, and this was the attitude of David. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. You seek see, it's about you. seeking God. Yes. My soul thirst for you. Mm. It's about being thirsty. Have you ever been thirsty? It's about being thirsty for God. My flesh longs for you. If we have that kind of a heart, that's worship to God. And Denise, the word worship, proskuneo, mm. pros, it's us drawing near. It's not just, bl just blurting out notes and music. Mm -mm. It's with the whole heart. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says God is seeking such to worship, worship him. him. He's seeking. And when we enter into that place, God sits on our praises. He sits on our worship. Mm -hmm. I say like metal is attracted to a magnet. The presence of God comes. And when that presence comes, everything changes. Everything changes. That's right. But we're out of time. But Denise, tomorrow we're going to see that we can worship everywhere we go. You know why? Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We are a walking cathedral, which means we can worship personally anywhere we are. Corporately we can worship and privately we can worship. And it's going to be good tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But we'll be back in just a moment. And Denise and I want to pray for you. A recent report says among adults who regularly attend church services, one half admit that they haven't experienced God's manifested presence at any time during the past year. And this was not among the Easter and Christmas only church attenders, but among people who attended an average of more than two dozen worship services last year. God wants you to encounter his powerful presence in worship. And that's why Rick and Denise Renner have taught the new five-part series, Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. In this life-changing series, you will learn of God's powerful presence in personal worship, God's powerful presence in New Testament songs, God's powerful presence in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. 
God's powerful presence in different sounds and styles. God's presence is powerful and is with us everywhere we go. This five-part series is available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10. And today only, Rick Renner's book, A Life of Blaze, is available as our free gift to you. Just call the number on your screen or visit renner.org. Free, today only, when you call or go online to request it. Do you struggle to keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart with the same fiery intensity as the early days of your walk with Jesus? A Life of Blaze will ignite and encourage you to burn red hot as you do your part to fulfill God's great plan for the days we are living in. Get the book of Life Ablaze for free today. And don't miss this powerful teaching series. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. One book per household for U.S. mailing only. Hey, friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio. And I want to say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for. The building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building. And from this location, we're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. It has been such a pleasure to be here with you today with Denise. Sweetheart, we have had a good time talking about the presence of God in worship. And we're offering a brand new series, which is called Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. You know, when I read my Bible every moment, I take a moment to sing because God loves to hear the sound of our voice. And you can experience God's powerful presence in your personal worship. And that's what this series is about. My friends, when you worship God, God's presence will come. It will change many things in your life that you're wishing would change. And this mm. comes with a study guide. And right now we're offering you Philip Renner's brand new book called Worship Without Limits. What a title. Rick, that book <sighs> encourages you to worship. And Denise, the subtitle says the place of supernatural access to God's presence and power. And my friends, I want to encourage you to order yours today by going online. You can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call. And I remind you that today 
only. We're giving you my book, which is called A Life Ablaze. Denise, look at the size of that book. This is a significant gift. And if you want to be on fire for God to the end of your life, then you need to read A Life Ablaze. And we want to give it to you today only. And you can get it by giving us a call or by going online. And we want to pray for you right now. And please let us know how to pray for you. Reach out to us and tell us how we can be praying for you. But Father, we thank you that you want to take us into new realms of worship. You want to invade our atmosphere with our presence and shift everything in our lives. And Lord, we want to open the door for that to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. And tomorrow we're going to find out you can worship anywhere you go. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says where the word of a king is, there is power.